Blog Talk Radio. Deep within. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Time. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreasen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positivity. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift talk show, blogtalkradio.com. for the Pop Show Network. Here live from Hollywood Boulevard, minutes before the world is about to end. Fear, rage, panic, paranoia, and $20 baptisms offered on Sunset Boulevard are going to do nothing to change our fate. Yes, we're all going to die. We're all going to die in a
course i'm your illustrious host emmy the host with the most that is not a ghost and i am here to welcome you tonight punching in on this festive day or rather evening heralding the i believe it's the 239th birthday of our great country uh celebrating when we completely trounced those those mangy british redcoats I mean, who the hell did they think they were, right? I mean, they just wanted to tax the hell out of us, right? And, like, rule us without any representation, you know, like, what the hell is up with that? And then not let us have guns. Like, we wanted to have guns. They didn't want us to have guns, right? What's up with that? And, you know, we couldn't fly old glory. Well, you know, we know. Let's be realistic. Old Glory didn't really exist at that point. We just kind of had to don't tread on me. 
the Sons of Liberty flag, if you will. We couldn't we couldn't have that, you know. If, if anybody flew that, they had to get rid of it. Or if they had it painted on their car, I, I mean wagon, they had to, you know, paint over it. What's that, Steve? Steve, what? What are you talking about parallels? There's no parallels. <laughs> Steven's high on crack. Talking about there's parallels between what I just said and now. <laughs> no, Stephen, nobody did any rainbows back then. No, no, there were no rainbows. The only rainbow back then was when God flooded the earth. And uh, yes, of course, God was for equality, Stephen. That's not my point. My point is that there was nobody doing rain. Okay, you know what? I'm not. I'm not having this conversation with you, Stephen. I'm sorry. I'm just. You're just. You're embarrassing yourself right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have quite a packed show for you today. I have a lot of stories. Unfortunately, no interviews tonight. Well, maybe. You know, I might I might air some of the old interviews. I'm not going to necessarily have interviews every week. You know, I've noticed that a lot of our fans emailed us saying that they liked the interviews, but that, you know, maybe, you know, have several shows where I'm just doing the talking and, you know, talking about the news of the day, the paranormal news of the day and, comic book news of the day, what have you, and not necessarily, you know, maybe maybe air some old old stuff because some of our listeners do not get the archived episodes, which, by the way, if you don't know yet, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash thegraveyardshift and um, listen to us live, or you can um, go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast there for free. Um, or you can go to twitter.com slash show. Listen to us there as well. Um, there's also, I think we're on Spreaker and Stitcher, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So there's there's several ways. And, of course, if you want to be a member of our Facebook group, all you have to do is go to facebook.com, look up The Graveyard Shift, make sure it's the right one. There's two groups. The One of them is the old group, which I have not figured out how to delete yet. The other one is the is the newer one that has more members, and that's the one you want to join. So there's several ways you can interact. But anyway, here I am. I'm going to go ahead and uh, go into the news. So, you know, it's the 4th of July, and I figured, well, 4th, you know, 4th Amendment, right? Because why not get into the Constitution? So what is the 4th Amendment? How about if some of you didn't know this, the 4th Amendment which was part of the Bill of Rights, is part of the Bill of Rights, prohibits unreasonable searches and seizures and requires any warrant to be judicially sanctioned and supported by probable cause. How about that? See, under this amendment, search and seizure, which includes arrest, should be limited in scope according to specific information supplied to the issuing court, usually by a law enforcement officer who has sworn by it. Who has sworn by it? Yeah, you know, um, and of course, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, cases and whatnot about this particular amendment. And uh, now, a lot of people don't know this, but this law actually had roots in English legal doctrine. <laughs> Stupid English. <laughs> I mean, we totally beat them up and stuff. Well, Stephen, what what? You you expect me to be nice to the Brits today? This is the 4th of July. We're supposed to totally step on them today. Yes, I know we have British fans. They understand. Then Okay, 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 fine, Stephen, fine. All right, so to any British fans out there, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Your country's awesome, okay? What? No, they know I was being serious. Oh, shut up, Stephen. And and besides, this next part is is is, is giving them their just due, right? Okay, then, shut up. So the Fourth Amendment finds its roots in English legal doctrine. Sir, Sir Edward Coke, what, who did he fight against? Sir, Sir Chester Pepsi? <laughs> Sorry. Sir Edward Coke and C. Main's case, 1604, famously stated, quote, The house of everyone is to him as his castle and fortress, as well for his defense against injury and violence as for his repose. C. Main's case acknowledged that the king did not have unbridled authority to intrude on his subjects' dwellings, but recognized that government agents were permitted to conduct searches and seizures under certain conditions when their purpose was lawful and a warrant had been obtained. 
So there you have it. How about that? And of course, you know, if you want to learn more, I guess you can go to Washington, D.C. and actually read the Bill of Rights, which I really would recommend everybody do. If you haven't done it yet, I haven't done it yet, actually, but I want to one day. So as far as, you know, rights and stripping people of rights and what have you, did you guys know that Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, may likely be stripped of his WBO title? You totally didn't even know I was going to go there, did you? I was—I just totally just took that and went with it and went left field. Well, Mayweather missed. See, here's the thing: he missed Friday's deadline to comply with the World Boxing Organization's conditions, and looks like he's going to be stripped of the title on Monday. Okay. See, the WBO requested Mayweather pay the $200,000 sanctioning fee from the Pacquiao fight and formally relinquish his junior metalweight belts as it prohibits fighters from holding titles in multiple weight classes. After beating Pacquiao by unanimous decision on May 2nd, Mayweather said he planned to forfeit his five world title belts to let other boxers fight for them. Quote, I'm not greedy, he said. Now, if Mayweather is indeed stripped of his title in the coming days, interim title holder Timothy Bradley will be elevated to full champion following his defeat of Jesse Vargas by unanimous decision on June 27th. Now, I'm going to predict this is not going to happen. I'm going to predict Mayweather's not, I mean, I don't think he's stupid. I mean, he's not much of a boxer. I'm sorry, but he's not. I mean, look at how he quote-unquote fought against Pacquiao. I know he fought good in the other fights that he had. I'm talking about that particular fight sucked. So, I know he's not that stupid. So, I don't think he's going to just, like, not give the belt. All he has to do is give it back. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess. But I don't think, I think he's going to give it back. So, in other news, you know, this is kind of actually kind of cool. um, Christopher Reeve's daughter named her son after the late actor. So, Alexandra Reeve Givens, the daughter of actor Christopher Reeve, has named her newborn son after her late father. Her and husband, Garen Givens, welcomed Christopher Russell Reeve Givens, wow, that's a mouthful, on June 13th. So if anyone's interested, he was born in Washington, D.C., and he weighed at 8 pounds, 3 ounces. And there you go. And he's doing good so far. So that's good to know. So we will have, and now if that little boy decides to get into acting, then we will have another Christopher Reeve as an actor. And speaking of people eating a lot, <laughs> did I, I didn't even notice that. Apparently, a big thing happened because it's the 4th of July. You know what's going to happen. There's going to be an eating contest somewhere. Cause what, what's more American than eating, and especially eating hot dogs? So if any of you did not see the news yet, which I'm sure many of you did, Joey Jaws Chestnut, his dynasty is over. He is no longer the hot dog eating champ. Instead, Matt Stoney was crowned the new champ. That's right. So, and if anyone's interested, Chestnut is 31, Matt Stoney is 23, and they were longtime rivals, okay? Stoney devoured 62 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes, two more than Chestnut at the hugely popular July 4th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Okay, and this is held each year on the boardwalk of uh, Brooklyn's Coney Island. It's broadcast live because, of course, people want to see a live hot dog eating contest. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? So, I mean, and and this is a a kind of revenge for for Stoney because Chestnut won against him, you know. Now, if anyone, if like nobody cares, but the women's contest was won by veteran competitive eater Miki Sudo. Who cares, right? No, no, that's awesome. She wolfed down 38 hot dogs. I wonder, I wonder, like, if they all get the same trophy. I'm sure they do. So there you have it. Oh, boy, I tell you, that is something else there. And speaking of women and things that can be eaten, did you guys hear about the woman that is suing the the, the baseball team, the Marlins? I'm not kidding. This is actually happening. The woman, this woman is suing the Marlins after a mascot shark attack. I'm still trying to understand this. Oh, according to a local paper, a fan who visited Marlins Park two years ago is now suing the Miami Marlins after allegedly suffering 
neck and back injuries as a result of a bite from the team's shark mascot. Oh, my God. The fan was sitting three rows up from the field and watching the Marlins take on the San Diego Padres on June 29, 2013, when Bob the Shark approached her and pretended to bite her head. Like, you know, uh, I, you know, here's the thing, here's the thing. When you are at a baseball game, or any game really, and you see a mascot coming at you, you are, you are, it's kind of like, you know shenanigans are about to ensue. And if you if you see that this mascot has like a really big mouth and the mouth is probably big enough for you to to fit in, you can pretty much be guaranteed you're going to go inside that mouth. So you know probably a good idea not to do any sudden jerky movements or whatnot. I very seriously doubt this woman. I, I think I think she was probably already injured before this, and she's kind of looking for a payout. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, know, I don't think I'm wrong. Well, apparently, according to the lawsuit, she felt pain in her neck. The reason I'm not saying her name is for legal reasons. She felt pain in her neck after the impact of the shark's head coming down on the top of her skull. Dear God, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. I wonder what that shark's like costume is made out of. Probably not even like that hard. Oh, God. <sighs> well, and in other news, guys... Any of you that are 80s kids, well, actually, 70s, 80s, or 90s kids that ever watched Sesame Street, I know this is going to come as a shock to those of you who do not know this, and you're going to be really sad, but Sonia Manzano is leaving Sesame Street. Oh, you don't know who that is. Well, maybe you know her as Maria. That's right, the character Maria. She's going to be gone. She announced this week at the American Library Association's conference that she would be leaving her role of, of Maria on Sesame Street. She played that part for 44 years. That's a long time. Now, she might. She hinted she might return for a 50th anniversary cameo. So, I, I mean, this woman, she's she started there in 1971, and she was really, it was really rare to see a Hispanic on TV. I mean, yeah, there was Dizzy Arnaz, and then there was... Charo, you know, Coochie Coochie, you know, but that was pretty much it. I mean, there was no Eva Longoria or America Ferrara or Selena Gomez. There was none of these people. So she was a real anomaly for the for, for the time. And, um, I mean, she was really so sweet. I and mean, it was great. I mean, she was one of the best characters in that show. I always loved watching her, and it's just really sad to see her go. But, you know, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, you get old enough, you don't want to do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. So... I wish her the best, and I hope she comes back for the 50th anniversary. So there you go. Well, you know, back I was talking about uh, a Marlin mascot attacking a woman. Well, apparently we have the, – the robot wars have begun. The robot wars have begun. We're going to have to start, you know, looking for Neo and uh, get – you know, look for Zion. So if anybody knows about any cave system – where we can all hide out, you guys are going to have to let me know about it, okay? I'm a, you can you can email me at graveyardshift.tampabay.r.com. And, no, I'm serious. I really need to know about the caves because this guy, this worker, was killed at a Volkswagen factory in Germany by a robot. This is not a joke. This actually happened. A German Volkswagen Volkswagen factory robot grabbed a 22-year-old contractor installing the android on the assembly line and crushed his body against the metal plate. Now, the company believes that human error is to blame in the young man's death and not the result of manufacturer defect or a malfunctioning machine. Quote, initial conclusions indicate that human error was to blame rather than a problem with the robot, which can be programmed to perform Various tasks in the assembly process, a spokeswagon, a spokes, oh, sorry, spokeswagon, isn't that funny? A spokesman for the company was quoted as saying, okay, yeah, of course they're going to say it's human error. <laughs> you know, if, if you were being, if you were like a slave for the robot overlords, would you admit that they, like, 
killed somebody? I bet you I know what happened. I bet you that this guy was on the inside. He knew a secret, and he knew the robots were going to take over, and he was going to he was going to have like a smoking gun story. No, listen. In all in all seriousness, it's really sad that this guy passed. Though you know, died, I and mean, it's a horrible way to die. And I, I'm very saddened that he died like that. I, I, you know, wish his family well and hope he rests in peace. I hope that he didn't suffer too much pain. But you know, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think this is the first time something like this has happened in this kind of a scale. Oh boy, what are you gonna do? So there you go. Gonna have to live in the caves now. Well, you know how the um in another story, you know how our UFO files were already released? The the CIA or rather, you know, released them. And yeah, you didn't know that? They they were released. You can actually go through the Freedom of Information Act and get as much information as you want. It's there you go. And you have to pay for it, but well, now all British files on UFOs are going to be released by next March, okay? So they're they're kind of dubbed the British X-Files, and a lot of UFO hunters believe that they could prove that extraterrestrials have visited the UK. Well, the Ministry of Defense said that they're going to um, release them March 2016. Now, the UFO researchers in the House of Lords Pier have campaigned for the release of 18 files about sightings that took place in the UK more than 30 years ago. Now, the government originally planned to declassify the files at the end of 2013, but their release was stalled due to additional processing requirements, prompting speculation about a possible cover-up. After Lord Black of Brentwood... Man, who wouldn't want that name? What's your name? I am Lord Black of Brentwood. Man, that's awesome. After he pressed the matter in Parliament... The ministry said the files will... The ministry... That's like in Harry Potter, the Ministry of Magic. Sorry. They said the files will be released to the National Archives by March 2016. Now, some UFO investigators claim that the classified government files will shed light on reported sightings of unexplained lights in Rendlesham Forest on two separate occasions in December of 1980. Now, for those of you who don't know about that particular um, case, it's it's one of the most well-known cases of UFO claims in the UK. It's actually compared often to the 1947 Roswell UFO incident in the US. So we'll have to see how that goes. In fact, if you want, I'll, I'll go ahead and tweet this to our uh, Twitter feed. There you go. I just tweeted it. So you guys can learn more about it. So hopefully, I hope that'll happen because our, our, you know, our Brits out there, they deserve to know the truth about this, about, you know, the UFOs in their, in their country and I mean, who know, listen, we have a really good friend of the show who's a Brit, and his name is Nick Redfern. He's often a, uh, a guest on Ancient Aliens. In fact, we're trying to get him on the air uh, here with us, but he, you know, his schedule is absolutely jam-packed. He's hardly, he hardly has time for anything anymore. But hopefully if he has time, he'll come on the air with us to talk about his newest book. And Nick has often said that he's tried so hard. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the, one of the, the, the people who were campaigning to get these files opened. But he's tried really hard to get um, the U.K. government to come clean about this stuff. And, you know, we I'm sure you guys have seen and you've heard on this on this program how many how many like high profile representatives and, and politicians have come out saying that the UFO thing is not a hoax. It's real. You know, ETs are real. This and that. And, you know, all this stuff. And. You kind of have to sift through all the news and and look for the, you know, the the grit instead of the jelly. You know, the jelly is what I would refer to as the stuff that's, like, not really true. Like, you know, there's this story out there, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to talk that much about it, but it's the story about this guy that he was, you know, shooting video in Texas of some cloud formations, and he saw this cube coming out of the clouds in some, out of some kind of portal. Uh, if those of you that are on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed, you, you've seen me share this story. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe that to be true. There's no way a, a huge device like that or a huge vehicle of that kind making that kind of an entrance would have elicited – There, it would have elicited more of a reaction than just a single photo and some chatting in UFO groups. That, to me, screams hoax. 
it doesn't take a whole lot of effort for somebody with basic Photoshop skills to make it look like something's coming out of the sky. It just really doesn't, which, which that's kind of the problem now. Because there are so many people out there with good Photoshop, even just basic shop skills, they can make it look like there's a UFO in the sky. So we really have to be careful. I keep telling all my listeners, especially all you new ones out there, which is why this is you guys are who this show is for. You know, our target audience is new fans of the paranormal genre. And I'm kind of talking to you guys right now. Be careful when you're looking at all these pictures and videos. You don't necessarily think just because somebody uploaded to YouTube that it's true. You know, last week I talked about the trumpet sounds that are being heard throughout the world. Well, they may or may not be true because guess what? I just said last week, a lot of people didn't realize this, but there was a movie by Kevin Smith called Red State. And at the end of that movie, they had a prank where one of the characters were going to prank the Christians in the city or whatever by playing really loud trumpet noises. And guess what? The trump- the sounds of the trumpet that they used are identical to the sounds of the trumpet that you hear in some of the videos. Now, that doesn't explain the other ones. There are other videos that don't sound anything like it, and you can argue, well, well, wait a minute, Emmy, if they... Maybe these people just used some other stuff. No, you can tell the difference between someone playing a sound that that was fake and, you know, in the background, you can kind of tell when, because you can hear the the entry or the entrance of the background noise. And you can also hear, like, there's a, a sound effect of a bird that is in the movie. And you can hear that. You can actually hear the little bird. It's very faint, but you can hear it. And you can hear that in the uh, the fake videos. But in the other ones that do sound like for real trumpets, those you cannot hear that, and it doesn't even sound like that. So, you know, you kind of have to discern for yourself. And it, it is not easy to do that. Um, I still think it's odd that nobody has come out and said, ha-ha, April Fool's. I mean, we're a long way from April Fool's, and this this has started back in 2010 and 2011. And the other reason why I think that a lot of this is not not necessarily a prank not all of it is because there were videos coming out from this before the Kevin Smith movie so I don't know I guess we'll have to see you know it could be anything it could just be background noise of the trains shunting I mean I, I don't really want to get into it again I'm sorry I talked a little bit more about it now but you can hear me talk in great detail about it last week anyway what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a short break when I get back, I'll talk more about the stories of the day. Maybe I'll play an interview. We'll have to see how it goes. And um, at any rate, I will be back, back, guys. This is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift. Hang in there. Put your warm speed on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Emmy. Why the hell does he always say that word, illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty, yeah, like shitty awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is?
Government Houston, this is Apollo X. This is Apollo X. Request special permission to dock with the station. Ah, Roger, Apollo, you are go for station dock. Welcome aboard, Shifties. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Broadcasting live on blogtalkradio.com slash the Graveyard Shift. Follow us at hashtag Emmy Shift Show. For our Twitter feed, stay punched in. We'll be back. Until the 4th. 
and that was the date printers affixed to broadside announcements sent out across the land. So since that was the case, July 2nd was soon forgotten. In fact, no one actually signed the declaration at any time during July. Signing began on August 2nd with John Hancock's famously bold scribble in late November. So how about that? Now, this next myth is really not much of a myth. In fact, I have to be honest with you, I'm not seeing the point of this because there is this thing about, you know, all of us were taught in school, at least I was, that Paul Revere rode by himself. Well, apparently there's this myth out there that says he didn't. Now, on April 18, 1775, he alerted the countryside that the British were coming, the British were coming. And people are saying, the myth busters are saying, that he was part of a low-tech but highly effective early warning system. According to them, the system did include lanterns at Boston's Old North Church, from whose steeple the church sexton, which is Robert Newman, held two lanterns as a signal that the British were coming. Now, I already know, it's kind of obvious if you think about it, of course Revere's not going to be the only one. Of course there had to be others to warn the other. I mean, there was no way he could have made that ride by himself. There had to be others to spread the word. So I'm not entirely understanding what the point was of this particular myth being debunked. So there you have it. Oh, boy. And then, of course, you know, um, there's this myth about the Declaration of Independence holding a secret message. Now, of course, you know, we have to talk to Nicolas Cage about this one, but there really is no invisible message on the on the back of the Declaration. No, there's no map on the back of the Declaration. But the National Archives did admit there is something written on the back. Are you ready for this? I know everyone's like, oh, my God, what is it? There's a line on the bottom of the parchment which reads, Original Declaration of Independence dated 4th July 1776. Now, why is that? Well, the large document would have been rolled up for travel and storage during the 18th century. So the reverse side writing likely acted as a label to identify the document while it was rolled up. Now, let's, let's stop for, for a second. Because if any of you are fans of the movie National Treasure, like myself, I, I love that movie. I love the second movie. I think Nicolas Cage did a great job. You notice in the first movie, he rolls up the Declaration several times, and he unrolls it several times. Now, I don't care how careful you are. That is a centuries-old document. It wasn't even made, it wasn't even written on regular paper. It was written on some kind of animal hide paper you know, animal hide type paper. So I very seriously doubt the way that he handled it, the way that he took it, and, you know, I very seriously doubt that paper would have withstood all of that handling and, you know, jostling and all that. There's no way. There's no way real. I mean, I, you know, I know it's a movie. But really, you know, if we're, we're talking realistically here, there's no way that document would have withstood all of that movement. So... Now, I know there are those of you out there that still contend that there's a map on the back of that declaration. Well, you know what? You go ahead and keep thinking that. And if you have the guts, don't do it, please. Don't do it. Don't don't even think about it. You're going to get shot. And you deserve to get arrested. See, thought I was going to say that. I'm not stupid. Okay, what is another one? Well, apparently... Did you know that Betsy Ross did not make the flag? There is no proof that Betsy Ross played any part in designing or sewing the American flag that made its debut in 1777. In fact, the story of the famous seamstress didn't circulate until it was raised by her grandson nearly a century after the fact, and the only evidence is testimony to this tradition. Now, to be fair, there's also no conclusive evidence that Ross did not sew the flag, and there are several reasons why she might have just done it. The Betsy Ross house on Philadelphia's Arch Street, where Ross may or may not have actually lived, tells the whole story and leads visitors to draw their own conclusions. So there you have it. I mean, you know, I think it's possible, of course. If you know, why not? Why, why not? If they if they have so much evidence to the, to support it, maybe she did. Who knows? 
Who are we to say that she didn't? Poor Betsy Ross. Okay, so what is next? Well, you know it's summertime, and that means video games for those of us. And how many of you guys are PC gamers out there, and you're just loving the Bar- Batman Arkham Knight game? Aren't you, aren't you just loving it? Like, you can't stand the awesome... Oh, my God, I'm so pissed. Why? Why? Okay, for those of you who don't understand what I'm talking about, Batman Arkham Knight came out for the PC on June 23rd, or thereabouts. And it was huge, 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 huge big deal. I mean, we were teased with graphics videos and, you know, interviews with cast members and whatnot. I mean, Kevin Conroy, who was the legendary voice of Batman from the Batman animated series with Paul Dean, that Paul Dini did himself, he plays Batman. I mean, then finally the game comes out and bleh. It's like glitch-tastic. It's filled with glitches, with all kinds of screw-ups. Anybody who plays the, the computer version is well aware of the low-res 30 frame per second. It's supposed to be 60, by the way. Uh of the of the uh game not only not even to mention the motion blur and when i say motion blur for those for the uninitiated that means that when you are playing batman and you're looking around with the mouse you get blurry images and if you're, <laughs> that's if you're lucky if you're unlucky then the game freezes or it takes a long time to you know load imagery and this is on the lowest setting possible i mean i have this game on a very low setting, which really, it sucks at this setting. It really sucks. It looks like, I mean, World of Warcraft looks better. And I'm, I'm sorry, World of Warcraft is a great game. It looks great for its, the type of graphics that it has. But let's face it, World of Warcraft is still old as far as graphics is concerned. It's very stylized. This Batman game is supposed to look realistic. I mean, well, realistic from a comic book game standpoint, like Grand Theft Auto kind of thing. And it looks terrible. I mean, I can see where they wanted to go with it. Like, I, one of the things I really love in the game is that when you see Batman from the back, which is you see them that way most of the time you play the game because it's third person, you see kind of the sheen of his cape and the rain kind of, you know, batting off. <laughs> Get it? Batting off the back of the cave and all that stuff. So, that's really cool. And, of course, the best part of the game is that you get to, to drive the Batmobile. And, I mean, which... How many times do you guys use the Batmobile? I mean, I use it, like, all the time. Because, of course, it's the Batmobile. And my favorite thing is battle mode, where the Batmobile turns into, basically, a siege tank, which is really awesome. So, anyway, I... I they keep saying... They keep coming out with... Um, this is um, Steam, you know, the Gabe Newell's company. They keep coming out with announcements that they're going to fix it, that they're coming out with, you know, patch fixes and hot fixes. But the last time we heard anything was on the 27th, and this is July 4th, and I'm sitting here with my hands open. I'm like, when is this happening? You know, instead, I, I want to play the game, but I physically cannot play it be, without, like, really sucking at it, and it's not my fault that I suck at it. It's the game's fault because I can't do things fast enough to react to the other stuff that's going on in the game. So, what I've been doing, and what I have recommended all of my friends to do, and now I'm recommending this to you guys, is if you haven't gotten it already, purchase Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Origins, and play the hell out of those until they come out with a fix for Arkham Knight. It will... I personally think it'll be worth the wait because if you don't do that now, if you, I mean, you can play the game as is and just, you know, hope to God that you can get through it with all the glitches. But why would you want to put yourself through that and ruin the experience? Because there are parts of the, of the game and I'll try not to spoil anything, but basically there are parts of the game where you have to chase people with your Batmobile and, the glitches are so bad that it it suffers. You you suffer driving the Batmobile trying to catch up to them. And 
the the kind of challenge that you do that you have to you know win in that particular scenario is you have to stay within a certain distance of that other person and if you don't and guess what you know if you have an the game doesn't know that you're glitching the game just thinks you're slow as hell and that you're losing on per you know you're losing because you suck well that's up to you you can do what you want but i would not recommend so i i'm going through arkham city's storyline and besides there's a ton of dlc for arkham city and arkham asylum and Ark. i mean there's a ton of it i mean there's skins that you can try there's there's side stories like there's harley quinn's story after you beat arkham city and you can do all of the side quests and there's you know side quests of excuse me arkham origins that you can do i mean i, I personally love those games i mean, I could play them over and over. In other video games, so we're just hoping that they come out with them. You know, so Steam, if anybody out there works for Steam, get the hell on the ball and come out already with a fix for this. I mean, don't, let me let me rephrase that. Don't hurry up and give us a quick fix that's not really going to be a fix. I mean, do take your time and make sure that it works correctly. But at the same time, in future, in the future, don't release a game until it's ready. So, in other video game news, how many of you knew that there was going to be a an adventure point-and-click series game about Minecraft? It was revealed today at Minecon in London, which is a convention for Minecraft, that it's going to be a point-and-click series. It's going to be Jesse, the protagonist. It was going to be portrayed by actor Patton Oswald and his group of friends who are going to revere the legendary Order of the Stone for adventurers who slayed an Ender Dragon. So, um, now, it's going to be called Minecraft Story Mode, and it's going to be a standalone product separate from the core Minecraft game. It will be available to download later this year on computer, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, and compatible iOS and Android-based devices. So... There you have it. I'm, I, you know, I'm a Minecraft fan in the sense that I think it's a really cool game. I have played it on computer. I still am really terrible at it, but I know there's many of you out there that are really good at it and you love it. And I think it's a really cool game. I, I'm looking forward to it. So now, in comic book news, did you know that they have a new Spider-Man and that the new Spider-Man movie is going to be like, quote, a John Hughes film? In addition to the recent casting news that Tom Holland will play Peter Parker, Marvel honcho Kevin Feige has revealed that the new film will explore Spider-Man in a firmly high school setting. Quotes, Spider-Man will be a John Hughes movie, Feige said in an interview. He added that Spidey's age will set him apart from other Marvel characters, as it should, right? Quote, some of my favorite Spider-Man arcs and Spider-Man stories, he's in high school for a lot of it. We want to explore that. That also makes him very, very different from any of our other characters in the MCU, which is something else we want to explore, how unique he is when now put up against all these other characters. In an interview with a local media outlet, he elaborated on the idea of pitting Parker against the other superheroes. Holland read against Robert Downey Jr. in a screen test and reportedly held his own, which helped him since the part. Well, that was part of it, Fake said. Well, we'll see that. I don't know. That, that was part of it. So the Spidey reboot is likely to feature a comic book villain who hasn't been in any of the previous movies. Because Fig was quoted as saying, right now we're interested in seeing villains we haven't seen before. So, you know, we'll have to see about that. And who do I think they're going to pit him up against? Well, first of all, I'm really upset because I liked the old Spider-Man, the one that they had before. Um, oh, God, I cannot believe I don't remember his name. Oh, my God, I just had a brain fart. The one that was in Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. He was in the social network. Well, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. I can't believe I forgot his name. But I liked him. I thought he was a great Spider-Man. I don't understand why people were were piling on so much hate on the Amazing Spider-Man 2. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I know I'm going to get yelled at for that. I don't care. I liked it. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it really showed... Spider, Spidey's emotional uh, spectrum. I, I love the fights on it. I mean, I thought it was great. And the, the music was fantastic. I loved the Spider-Man hero theme. I thought it was great. Speaking of heroes, 
you remember the part in Man of Steel where, you know, Superman basically destroyed everything, and we wanted to know, you know, why wouldn't the director talk about it? Well, he finally did. In one interview, Zack Snyder explained that, quote, I was surprised about the, that, you know, about the, the you know, the, the reactions about the violence, because he said, that's the thesis of Superman for me, that you can't just have superheroes knock around and have there be no consequences. Now, obviously, the destruction of Metropolis will figure into the upcoming Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice movie, and I'm sure it's going to have some kind of, you know, consequence on Bruce Wayne's impression of soups when they meet up. You know, and uh, Ben Affleck was even quoted as saying, one of the things I liked was Zack's idea of showing accountability and the consequences of violence and seeing that there are real people in those buildings. And in fact, one of those buildings was Bruce Wayne's building. So he knew people who died in that Black Zero event. That's interesting, Black Zero. I didn't know they were going to call it that. So that's interesting. So, you know, and of course, we're going to find out what really happens in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, which opens in theaters March 25th, 2016. And as far as other events coming up, of course, you know, I'm going to talk about this until the day of the Grand Brony Gala. You don't have to be a My Little Pony fan. It's for anybody and is especially great for families with kids. July 10th through the 12th. So that's, guys, I believe that's next week, in fact. It is. Next Friday at the Embassy Suites USF, the Grand Brony Gala, July 10th through the 12th. Is John Delancey's going to be there, which, you know, he played Discord in My Little Pony, but uh, the rest of you know him as Q from Star Trek. Is that not a reason enough to go? Um, it goes to a great cause that benefits all children's hospital, the Children's Miracle Network. Please go and attend. If you want to learn more, get your tickets at GrandBronyGala.com. I will be there in person to sign my books everywhere. And if you do purchase Sword of the Heart, which is the first book, you can purchase that on Amazon.com or any bookstore you can order, but I don't know if you'll get get it before then. You can try. I cannot promise you that I will have any copies of Sword of the Heart with me. Um, if I can find any, I will bring some, but I can't promise that I will. But if you bring any, I will sign them. Okay? And, um, of course, I'll do photographs. and I'll, uh, you know, I don't know why anybody would want a photograph of me, but if you do, I'll be there <laughs> to do them. So I will be there. I'll try to be there at least Friday and Saturday. I cannot promise that I'll be there all three days. But, um, you know, do try to go. to go, And, again, you can buy your tickets at GrandBronyGala.com. And another convention that many people did not know about, in fact, I didn't even know about this until last week, was Fanboy Expo, which is going to be July 24th through the 26th at, uh, I just had, oh, the Grand High at Tampa Bay, which was at 2900 Bayport Drive. You're going to be able to meet the cast from Doctor Who, you're going to see, you know, stars from the Star Wars galaxy, voiceover actors, you know, Bell's voiceover actor, Gaston, Eric, Kim Possible's voiceover actor. You know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are going to be there. Um, and, of course, Adam West and Burt Ward of Batman fame. And you get to, oh, my God, Darth Vader, James Prowse in person, and James Marsters from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who wouldn't want to go? So go to fanboyexpo.com slash Tampa. Please get your tickets now. And it's going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, July 24th through the 26th. Be there or be square. I will try to attend, of course, because I've always wanted to meet Adam West and Burt War, basically all of those guys. Well, guys, that's all. That's it for now. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Tune in next week. I will be airing an interview between myself and the author of Mind Wars, So just kind of hang in there, and I'll see you next week, guys. This is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift, and I am punching out. See ya. You feel that universe? That satisfied feeling only comes from having finished a super epic, awesome episode of the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Hosted by your illustrious host, Emmy. Make sure to follow on blogtalkradio.com slash the Graveyard Shift and our Twitter feed. Hashtag Emmy Shift Show. To stay in the loop for future episodes. Until next time, Shifties, we're punching out.